Hey guys, you're listening to episode fifty of the School of Intuition Soundcast, and I'm Natasha Che. The goal of this soundcast is to help you to live bigger, more empowered, and stronger and truer as a empathic light being, and to give you the tools to help elevate the consciousness of this planet as an empath, because. I think many of us empathic beings, we do not realize how powerful we are. A lot of times, we kind of, you know, disregard our gift of being an empath as something inconvenient or even a weakness. But the truth is, this is part of your mission and your purpose in this life, my friend. And this is a tool that. You know, being in tune with the environment, being in tune with other people's well-beings, is a huge, beneficial tool for you to make a contribution in this world and help your own evolution of consciousness. So, this morning, as I was、uh, walking outside, doing my daily ritual morning, I usually, you know, go. Out for a walk in the morning and in a certain meditative state and communicate with my higher self. So I got instructed by the source that I should talk about negativity with you today. So here we are. <laughs> Let's talk about negative energy, and I think this is a very, very important. Topic. I think you will get something important out of this episode, so I hope you will pay attention because this is something that bothers a lot of empath, and this is something that makes your life very inconvenient as an empath. But also, this is where your power lies. Okay. So I want to tell you about a perspective on negativity or negative energy, and how to transmute or transform the negative energy today. And I think this is going to be, you know, in one sense, it's、uh, philosophical, and you know, it's good to expand your mind awareness about energy, right? But on the other hand, this is very practical because it will help you. To see, to deal with the energy that you may feel, you know, as an empath, we are bombarded with a lot of energy every day, right? So, this is going to help you to handle those outside influences or internal influences differently. So. I want to start by telling you a experience when I was、uh, maybe nine, ten years old. It may sound a little bit、uh, um, unrelated <laughs> to the topic that we cover today, but you will see. This is actually a good metaphor for the point that I want to make to you today. So I remember when I was nine or ten, and my parents were. Not in the house one weekend, so I was in the house by myself. I was doing some chores, and I discovered somehow 
a family of roaches, cockroaches, <laughs> in the cupboard of the kitchen. So I was extremely afraid of roaches. Okay, and at the time I was in the house alone, and I was completely scared to death. When I discovered the roaches everywhere, you know, coming out at every corner, I don't know. I didn't know how many there were. There probably it's a big valley. There has to be hundreds of them, big and small. And so I saw them, you know, crawling around, and I didn't know what to do. I was just so scared. And then I remembered we had a can. Of pesticide somewhere, right? So insect killers, and I dig it out of the garage or somewhere. I don't remember, and I found that can, and just sprayed the entire cupboard and the floor and the ceiling and the walls of the kitchen, everywhere. Just fill that space <laughs> with the chemicals, and as I was spraying this space. You know, I was like, when I when I found that can, when I had that can in my hand, I was like, oh my god, this is going to save the day, and my life depended on this because I was so scared. So I sprayed a whole space, right? So I killed a bunch of roaches, and eventually everything calmed down, and the kitchen floor was littered with. Corpse of roaches. <laughs> it was not a pretty scene, and it was a very emotionally stirring, emotionally jarring experience that I remember till this day. Obviously, so the reason I want to tell you this story is, a lot of times, if you think about this, okay, that is my attitude towards the roaches. Is exactly the kind of attitude that most of us have towards negativity or any kind of negative energy. And the can of pesticide in my hand is the counterpart of that can. <laughs> in the situation that we are interested in, is something called a positivity. Now, a lot of us we take the positivity. As a tool to kill the negativity, but what's beneath it? What's underlying that positivity? That veneer of positivity a lot of us, you know, put on as is. We spray that on everything to kill the roaches, but what's underneath that? The underpinning tone is a sense of fear. And the fear is so ingrained. The fear is so subconscious that you know most of the time we don't realize it. We thought we were just being positive, right? Just spray that thing everywhere. It's good for you. <laughs> just spray, cover, cover the the space with positivity, and the negativity, you know, has to be killed somehow. But as we are spraying the place with positivity, with our positive attitude, underneath it is enormous fear. 
this fear of being negative, this fear of, oh my God, let me not attract any negative energy into my life because there are going to be severe consequences if I, God forbid, be contaminated by some negative energy, right? So that is usually the attitude. It's not that dramatic, right? As I just, uh, um, if I just speak this out, it sounds dramatic, but it's it's the kind of reasoning, the kind of mentality that a lot of us have towards negative energy. It's something to be killed. It's something that's not supposed to be seen in our tidy, normal <laughs> space, elevated consciousness, full of light, right? So. What I want to tell you is that is the way to go if you are really in fact if your space is really in fact infested by roaches. You you know, a can of pesticide is very helpful. And that positivity is a kind of coping mechanism that a lot of us developed to to be able to maintain balance, to be able to live, essentially, in a world that is sometimes filled with heaviness. And this is especially true if you're empath, right? When you're an empathic being, you are constantly affected by the environment. And you are constantly being triggered, so to speak, left and right. So, most of us, we had to find some kind of balance. We had to find some kind of coping mechanism, right? But the thing is, at some point, the evolution of your own being, the ever-expanding consciousness of your own being, will ask you to look deeper, to step out of that little can of pesticide <laughs> that you hold in your hand as a protection. And this includes, you know, things like rituals to expel activ negativity, the crystals and the smudges <laughs> that you apply to your house, you know, the spiritual jewelries you wear, you know, all sorts of, uh, we, we have all sorts of, uh, um, coping mechanism that essentially serve the same function as that negativity killer, right? And oh, any other thing? The other thing is, uh, if you're an empath, right? A lot of teachers will tell you, well, when you feel some negative emotions, when you feel some uh, disturbances in the universe. Just re remind yourself that this energy may not be yours. Okay, so that's that's a teaching that a lot of people will hear if you're an empath and people tell you, oh, what you feel is not entirely yours, so don't take it all on upon yourself. Right? So again, that is a very useful teaching, a very useful coping mechanism at some point on your journey when you do not have the in when you when you don't have 
enough empoweredness to handle the situation in a bigger way. So it's a coping mechanism from the space of that small human, from the space of that individual ego, and that is a perfectly fine coping mechanism. But here's the issue, okay? Here's the is- issue with the teaching that oh, this energy may not be yours, because this is the 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 intention of this. Teaching is that okay? So as long as you realize this is not yours, you don't take it upon yourself. You kind of create this dissociation with the negativity, with the pain. Then things will be easier to handle, right? And indeed, it is the case. It will be easier for your ego, from your ego's point of view, from your individual identity's point of view, when you realize, okay, this negativity is not mine. Right, then you kind of put a distance between what you call you, which is a isolated individual, and the rest. And the negativity now is part of the rest; it's not you. It makes things a lot easier to manage. But but the problem with this teaching is, when you say, "Oh, this negativity is not mine." <laughs> This particular one is not mine, though I'm feeling it right now. That implies some others, some other stuff, some other negativities or positivities. I don't know. They have to be yours. And what do you do with with those then? When you say, "Okay, this energy is not mine, so therefore I don't need to deal with that." That implies, well, given another situation, <laughs> if if there's some energy that's not yours, that some others has to be yours, right? So where do those come from? Are you the one that's supposed to be blamed for generating those negativity? Are you the one that's supposed to be in charge of negativity? Are you the one that's supposed to be the parent of those ugly children <laughs> that you cannot get rid of? Because hey, they're yours. You need to discipline your children. You need to manage these ugly kids, these ugly belongings, these furniture that missing arms and legs. Those are yours. So you better manage them. And how are you going to do that? <laughs> and what does it say about you for generating those negatives that are supposed to be yours? If this concept of Yours and mine holds validity. So, if we live in energy-wise, if we live in a world of yours, of you and me, if we need, if we carve out the space, if we carve out, you know, in this intangible space, carve out from thin air these boundaries of energy space. Okay, this part of energy belongs to me. That part of energy belongs to you. If you think about it, it's kind of a ridiculous concept, don't you think? <laughs> to claim ownership of energetic space, because I can tell you what happens is energy. A lot of times, it's space specific, right? So it's like you are moving through water. When you're moving through air, you think about okay, this part. I talk about water because it's a denser 
material so it's easier to visualize. So if you if you imagine you're walking in water and some part of water is warm and other part of water is cold, right? So when you walk into the warm space, is that warmth yours or not? And when you walk into a different part of the water area, <laughs> it's suddenly so much colder. So so is that is that yours or not? It, it, I can tell you definitely it will affect your body temperature, right? Your body will re- react differently. But it's tricky to think about. It's not that helpful to think about, you know. Is this texture of the space, the energetic texture of the space, whose is it? Who is supposed to be responsible for it? Right. So if you really dig into this teaching that which is a very common teaching that, that, you know, a lot of empathic beings actually use to manage their own well-being. Again, this totally valid. If that's where you are, if that is your truth, I don't see any problem with it, as long as it helps you to live your life better, right? But we are here to help you to expand. So I want to tell you about a different way to look at this, which I've already hinted at. Because there is a, when you look at consciousness from the space of individual human identity, there are a lot of things that you cannot make sense of because that box is too small. And at some point, it's just not going to help you anymore. Especially when you're empaths at this day and age, if you're, and especially if you're the kind of empathic beings who are listening to this right now, <laughs> you're probably called for bigger things. That's my guess. Okay? And I think that's a pretty good guess. <laughs> so, and your role here as an empath is partly to help this world transform, to help this world see itself in a lighter, more expanded way. So that means you have to step outside of your own box first, right? So here's the thing. If you look at energy as pertaining to location, pertaining to space, but not pertaining to individuals, if you're totally, you know, setting aside this concept of property ownership, <laughs> right? You see, you s- it, it will allow you to see this whole thing in a completely different way. And here's one thing I want to tell you is, what is negativity? Now, it may do a lot of different things to you. It may feel, it may make you feel yucky, obviously, right? But essentially, any kind of negativity, it boils down to pain. Any kind of negativity is just a manifestation of human pain, of the underlying pain of being born 
into this world of heavy density. So if you look at things this way, however that pain manifests in judgment, in anger, in sadness, in hostility, in you know malicious actions, however it manifests itself, essentially, it is pain. So if we talk about how to transmute negative energy, we are talking about how do you deal with pain? Essentially, that's what it is. If you, whenever you feel any kind of negativity, whether it's triggered from inside of you, or you you get it from the environment that you walked into, it just because the water temperature is uh, colder or warmer, that's why you get affected as an empath. How wherever that come that come from? When you realize that is essentially pain. That's already a step forward, <laughs> because when you realize it's pain, then it's like it 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 is a kind of a fundamental reality, fundamental essence of part of being human. It's actually a very pure, very simple thing, and when you look at it that way. A lot of the stories, the judgments, the why this, why not that, will get stripped out of this container of yours when you, when you witness this、uh, whatever negativity you're witnessing, right? So that that simplifies things. So let's establish that first. However, you wh- whatever you feel the negative、um, stuff, however it manifests itself, it is pain. Now, first of all, let's realize that, recognize that. And the second thing is, wherever that pain comes from, whether it's yours or it's someone else's, we already talked about that concept. If you dig deeper, doesn't really hold a lot of.、Uh, <laughs> Doesn't really hold a lot of、uh, um, solid truth in it because here is the concept of、uh, we are all one actually becomes useful because we are all one. <laughs> That is true. And when you're talking about pain, there is this underlying human pain that is underpaying every existence of sentient beings. So the pain you feel, whether it comes from you, whether it's generated by your own stories and experiences and history, or whether it comes from someone else, and you just happen to feel it because you're in the environment in the vicinity of it, what difference does it make? It's human pain. You know, it's the same nature, and you're feeling it right now. So, here is the invitation for you. 
is when you see pain, when you feel that negativity, when you feel that pain. How about just recognize? Okay, this is pain. It doesn't matter whose it is.、It、doesn't matter where it comes from. It's here now. <laughs> It's here, and you're feeling it. And the next thing is, obviously, the million-dollar question is: Okay, I'm here with this pain. I'm feeling this pain. What do I do about it? Do I spray that pesticide everywhere in this face <laughs> to kill it, or do I do something else? Is there a better way out? And I want to tell you is there is indeed a better way than spraying the whole space with this veneer of positivity because that you know essentially it's a the positivity again we talk about it's a, a lot of times people use this as a tool to cover their fear it's a it's a tool to 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 pacify the fear. And we have this underlying fear of pain. Now I want to ask you: Is why? Why are you afraid of pain? What is to be afraid of in pain? Now, when you recognize it is part of existence, if you just sit, if we, if we just, I, you know, I want to invite you at this moment. Sit in pain with me. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but you when you know when you're in that space and really look at pain from not from the point of view of your small human, but from the point of view of the source of the source that actually manifested that pain, that actually created that pain, because the source created everything, right? The sun and moon, the flower, the laughter and joy, as well as pain. When you look at things from the space of the source, what is to be afraid of? This is one of your creation. It is a fundamental aspect of existence. Now notice what I'm inviting you to do here is essentially setting aside your human judgment, your stories, or what you've been told about pain and suffering, and just you know sit with it. <laughs> Look at it from the point of view of your higher self, from the point of view of the source where you came from. This is only part. Of the nature of existence, and that's all it is. Now it may be heavy, it may be dense, maybe denser, may not be your preference, and all of those are true, by the way. Still, it is simply what it is. It's a aspect of existence. And here is the interesting thing, okay? As an empath, and especially for the type of empath that you are, which is you are called here 
as part of your journey in this lifetime to transmute and elevate the consciousness of this world. When you notice pain, when you notice pain, not from a "Oh my God, let's kill the ro- kill the roaches" point of view. When you notice pain as the source, what happens is something very interesting. As soon as you notice it, without you actually doing anything, it starts to be transmuted into light. It's a very funny thing. You actually do not need to do anything about it. All you need to do is just to bear witness of it. And the more you're able to do that, if you're a, if you can notice the pain that is underlying the negativity, whatever manifestation of that negativity is, if you notice it and you acknowledge its existence from the point of view as the source, it automatically starts being transmuted. And being transformed, and automatically it starts the process of shifting that pain into the light, and return it to the source. And that is the magic that you can perform as an empath. Now, why is it your empath-specific kind of magic? Why does You know, other people don't have the magic. I'm not saying other people have have other special magic <laughs> that they have, but this is a magic that specifically you, as a empathic badass, that you possess. Why? And this is because <laughs> it is because you see the pain. You are able to see the pain better. Than the average human being, because of your empathic capacity, you actually notice it. When you are not able to notice, when you are not able to witness it and acknowledge it from the source, from the point of view of the source, it becomes your burden. It becomes your problem to solve. It becomes some kind of、eh, negative energy you need to get away from. But when you are able to witness this, witness this pain from the view of the source, this becomes your power. This becomes your magic. And the mag- magic essentially comes from your ability to notice this pain, because you are so much more sensitive that, than the rest of the population. When people, you notice things that people. Other people disregard and you know shovel under the planet,、uh, under the carpet, and you know hide in their shadows. But you notice them. An analogy of this will be, <laughs> you know, in a lot of a- ancient mythologies, there's this、uh, mythical creature called the Grim Reaper. <laughs> It's、uh, usually portrayed as a very cheerful fellow, right? Carries a as clothes in a dark, you know,、um, cloak and、uh, carries this a huge 
size that's uh, supposed to, you know, uh, hurt people, uh, not hurt people, but hurt souls that are supposed to pass on to the next stage of the journey to, you know, carry them into the light. That's essentially what it is. That's the role of the Grim Reaper. If you think about it, now there are all sorts of judgment and all sorts of emotions attached to this、uh, mythical f- figure, when when it's perceived from the human ego point of view, right? But essentially, what this figure does, what this creature does, is its role is to identify the souls, the beings, the energies. They're supposed to pass on to their next stage of the journey out of this world, to encourage them to please go on into this light channel and being transmuted into your next stage of the journey of your soul. That's what this this、uh, this figure does. It's a facilitator.、It's、a facilitator. This Grim Reaper is a facilitator of death. Facilitator of the transmutation of energy, right? As a empathic being, as a empathic badass, that who is living in this particular time in this world right now, your role is essentially the same. Your role is when you see negativity. Help transmute it into the light. Please, this way, you know, follow the guidance, follow the tunnel. Now you can go that way into the light. Then we, everybody's happy. That's your role, essentially. Why are you able to carry out that role? Why other people are not able to do it is because, just like the Grim Reaper, Grim Reaper sees the souls that are supposed to pass on. Other people don't see it, right? <laughs> Most people don't see ghosts. Same thing here. As an empathic being, you see the heavy energy. You see the pain that other people don't see. And when you are able to identify it, when you notice it, when you witness it, as the source, you essentially are facilitating that pain to move on, to move. To the next stage of their journey, to be transmuted into the light, to return to the source, and that is exactly how you help elevate the consciousness of this planet. Now, we talked about pain. We talked about witnessing the pain. I want to tell you, give you an example of a specific situation. Okay, it may help ground this. So, but th- this kind of thing really happens every day <laughs> to me. So I was,、uh, you know, sitting in a cafe. I was typing on my computer, working on some things, and I just suddenly just started feeling this. Hopelessness, this despair in my body, and suddenly it looks like, oh, I'm not even interested in what I'm doing. Why do I even bother? There's this desperation, this heaviness, and this disappointment. It's a、uh, you know, 
energetic stuff, harder to put into words. But I started feeling this. Now, at that point, if you go with the usual, you know, teachings that tools that a lot of people that advise you to do as an empath, not, then I may tell myself, oh, this is not mine. This is not mine. Block it off and go on with my own merry way and keep doing what I'm doing, right? But the thing is, to me, that that's not particularly helpful. <laughs> so I noticed this thing. Right? Obviously, you know, the ego always has this tendency of whatever comes into its space, it try it identifies it as its own, right? It's like someone kicks a soccer ball into your uh, front yard, and you look out the window and see a ball in your yard, and it's like, oh, that's my ball. It's in my yard now. It's mine. That that's what your ego would tend to would tend to do is uh, okay. It's mine. Let me deal with this. <laughs> It's mine. Why did I generate this? What it comes up with a bunch of stories. But what I did is essentially, I was like, okay, well, I guess you're here. Hi, <laughs> hello. Um, nice to see you. And I noticed that pain. And I notice how heavy it is, and I noticed that human suffering associated with it. And then I give it my compassion, and then I say, I didn't like verbally say this, but this is a silent conversation, essentially. I see you. I get it. I understand. I see you as who you are. I respect you. I acknowledge you. I respect what you've been through. It's a lot. It's very heavy, and I respect that. All right. Basically, just sit there and have this conversation, this energetic conversation, with this negativity, and that's all I did. <laughs> and then I noticed it start, it started shifting, it started the edges started soften, softening. Softening, and it started to be transmuted and it started to be shifted into something else. It started to be shifted into something more neutral. That doesn't carry such a emotional force with it. It doesn't carry such a aggressive 
<laughs> emotional undertone with it. Now, this is something that I encourage you to look into. If you already, if this is something that you feel called to do, is a way, another way to actually transmute that heavy energy, to transmute that negativity, as a empathic being who is clear about who he and she is, who is clear about. Your mission in the world, and who is clear about who you are, and who is confident about your ability for compassion, for love, for trust. If that's who you are, that's how you deal with pain. Okay. And by the way, if you look at your past experience, I also want to add this. Okay, the reason that you are equipped to actually witness this pain from a authentic, genuine point of view is because, <laughs> as an empathic being, you've been through a lot. All your past pains and sufferings are essentially equipping you to do this, to witness the pain, to say, "I see you. I understand what you've been through. I understand this is heavy, and I respect that." When you say that, better from a genuine, authentic <laughs>、uh, point of view, right? And you're able to be genuine in that energetic exchange because that is actually true. You've been through pain. You understand what it is. You've been through a lot. Everybody listening at this moment, you have been through a whole lot. You've been through a ton of shit. You know what this is. Okay. So if you haven't been through all that. If you haven't, if life hasn't given you all those gifts of suffering, then you wouldn't have been able to do this. I wouldn't have been able to do this. To sit with the pain, to say, from very honest, authentic standpoint, that I understand. I understand you. I get you. I get where you are. I wouldn't have been able to say that if I haven't had my own personal experiences of pain and suffering, right? So, whatever you're going through, if you're going through a lot of personal pain right now, just know, please do realize this is part of how your gift is born. If you're going through a lot of pain and suffering right now, that is something. There is a purpose to it, and this is going to help you. To help yourself, to help the world, 
going forward as a enlightened, empathic light being. Okay, so that's all for today, and I thank you for being part of this empathic badass tribe, and I thank you for making this soundcast a part of your weekly routine, and for sharing this with your friends and your families and whoever. May need this, you know. Pass this on. Take a screenshot of the of the episode and send it to someone who you think who this may help. Okay, and I will talk to you next time.